The Black Bedroom Phenomenon. We've covered a couple stories about this already. Stories of people waking up in their room, but their room is in another universe. <laughs> kind of a bizarre story. That's why we talk about it on a paranormal show. But we're going to take one last look at this phenomenon and see if we can figure out any kind of answer. And then we travel to Sri Lanka to see if a world-famous science fiction author has a dark secret. And then we travel out to Chile. The year is 1540, and a tribe of Mapuche natives are about to collide with Spanish conquistadors. But before the first drop of blood can be shed, a comet hits the earth, and Virgin Mary jumps out of the crater. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. Can you guys hear the enthusiasm in my voice? This is the last week before I take my break, aka this is Jason running on fumes and uh, anything else I could possibly get a hold of. And someone I can get a hold of, and I hug him, hug him really tight. Give a round of applause to our newest Patreon supporter walking into Dead Rabbit Command. It's Live Nihilism. Everyone give a big round of applause to Live Nihilism. Or maybe Live Nihilism. I don't know. But Live or Live. We're going to call you Live. Live Nihilism. You're, I guess I could ask. I guess I could ask how to pronounce his name. Live Nihilism. You're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally get it. Just help spread the word about the show. Really, really helps out a lot. We also have a merch store. And if you want to get me something for Christmas, I never I never talk about this. I said this up, I said this up like eight, ten minutes ago, and I was like, this is cringe. I have a Amazon shopping list. There's a bunch of books there. You're like, oh man, this guy really likes Star Trek. How many Star Trek books does he have on his wish list? No, I got a bunch of books there. If you guys want to send me something for Christmas, you can do that. Or send me something to my P.O. box as well. I'm basically using this podcast. I did this podcast for 16 seasons just to get free Christmas presents. And I am really leaning towards doing a Christmas Eve live stream. I'm thinking that might be easier for people to attend right now. Tentatively, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. But I'll let you guys know. Uh, you go, Jason, only listen to one episode a week. You got to give us all the information each episode. Ah, we'll figure it out. Live ni- Oh, and I want to say this, too, before we start. Live Nihilism's already started packing his gear onto the Dead Rabbit Dirigible, but I went and saw Spider-Man No Way Home this weekend. I talked about it on Friday's episode. I really enjoyed it. I hadn't seen the second one. I watched that one, and I really enjoyed that one, too. The first half sucked. It was super boring, but the second half was really good of the second one. This third one was really good. The reason why I'm talking about it, it's not a movie review podcast, the reason why I'm talking about it is I've talked about the director several times on this show. And I really think the director is... Watch, he ends up getting me too or something at some point. But I think the director, John Watts, is really like a hero to me. Because, and this is why. John Watts is one of those guys that made me get off my own butt and start doing stuff. Because John Watts, he was like a special effects guy working for some company. And then he decided to make his own short movie. It was a trailer called Clown. He got a bunch of money together, just like Robert Rodriguez back in the day. Raised a bunch of money, made a fake trailer for a movie called Clown, and put it on YouTube. And that's always the first step, right? It's always the first step to be creative. I'd much rather, honestly, there's a lot of days when I'm working on this show where I'd rather be playing Fortnite or Creeper World 4 or watching Burn Notice or whatever. 
But I always find myself coming back to the show because I love it. But I wouldn't know how much I love the show if I didn't start doing it in the first place. So John Watts makes this short YouTube fake trailer for a movie called Clown, which doesn't exist. And it was a really good horror movie, just like imagining the scenario. And then Eli Roth saw it. Eli Roth hooked him up with the studio. So he gets a deal to make a full-length movie of Clown. And then Marvel said, how would you like to direct a Spider-Man film? And now he's done three. That never would have happened had he not gotten off his butt years ago to make that short film. And that's so important for creative people. It's the putting in the work. It's putting in the work. So I love the Spider-Man character. The movies, they're okay. Some of them are better than others. But the story of John Watts, I think, should be an inspiration. It's an inspiration to me. And hopefully it brings inspiration to other people. Live nihilism, you got all your gear on the Dead Rabbit Dirgible. Here, I'm going to toss you the keys officially. Let's all hop on board. We are leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. We are headed all the way out to a super spooky bedroom. Dead Rabbit Dirgible is flying around. It's your bedroom. Your bedroom. You didn't know this? Your bedroom is officially the spookiest bedroom on the planet Earth. You're like, oh, man. It's so funny because just recently, I don't remember if it was Thursday or Friday's episode, I talked about the black rooms. And that is this phenomenon where where people are waking up in the middle of the night. And you're like, Jason, are you saying they're waking up in the middle of the night and the room's dark? That's the way bedrooms normally are. It's different. It's, It's a complete void. And what's weird is the furniture is still there in a sense. Like sometimes the bed is there. Like, the bed's physically there, right? But when they're walking on the ground, they're walking in just this pitch-black void. I'm wondering if they can see their dressers, or are the dressers part of the void? Like, are you constantly bumping into stuff? So that is the phenomenon known as the Black Bedroom. We've talked about it on the show before, and you guys seem to be really interested in it. I've gotten a lot of feedback on these shows, on those stories as well. Edgar Escobedo just sent me this, just sent me this the other day, he found on Reddit there... I saw this meme going around as well. I never really took a close look at it. So, Edgar, thanks for sending it over. And I took a better look at it. It's a how to give yourself a out-of-body experience. And what it is... I'll put it in the show notes because I'm not going to explain it. There's like seven steps and all this stuff. But it basically is how to go from lucid dreaming to floating out of your body. Is this actually possible? I... I'm leaning towards no, honestly. It does tie into the black bedroom phenomenon because it says if you do all the steps right, a, a rope will appear and you can climb up the rope and go go hang out on a jungle gym in the actual world. And if you don't do it right, you end up in a gray void. You end up in your room, but it's like a gray singular light source void. And some people like to go there, but most people don't because that's kind of not the goal of having the out-of-body experience. And I was thinking, but it, it's, a, it's a goal, right? Like, the idea of something paranormal, if it went wrong and it still caused a paranormal outcome, that's still a paranormal event. If you use the Ouija board and you're like, oh, that sucks, ghosts don't exist, and there's like a demon walking up behind you, it's still a paranormal event. So with this, I was like, well, that's still something. But the thing is, it's with the world of the paranormal, it almost defies explanation. You can't prove it. So if there was something that you said, if you if you do these rituals, if you do X, a paranormal event will happen. If you do Y, a paranormal event will happen. This would have been vetted by science over the past 50 years, or maybe even the past 50 hours. Since this meme has been going around, people would have been vetting it scientifically. And it, I would say 9 times out of 10, it ends with you waking up being like, Whoa, what a crazy dream I had. 
Actually, I would say that's probably 99 out of 100 attempts. And then one of them, you may... I do believe that out-of-body experiences are possible. And I do believe in astral projection. But I don't think it's anything you can learn on Reddit on a, on a meme. On like an infograph. Maybe if you studied this infograph for years and years and years. And I, I, Edgar, thanks for sending it over. I'm not knocking that at all. And it did. This is what gave me the idea to relook at the black bedrooms. But I, I just don't see it happening. And then it gives really bizarre instructions. Most of it is just like fall asleep. The first step if you're going to lucid dream is take a nap. But then, like when it was talking about, so once you're in the lucid dream, you have to stabilize the dream. You have to make sure that you know it's a dream, but the dream doesn't blow up. Because I've lucid dreamed before, and almost immediately, <laughs> almost immediately, I nuke the entire area. Almost every time I've lucid dreamed, almost every time I've realized I'm dreaming, I then just destroy everything near me. And I, it's not necessarily intentional. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's always accidental either, but... Um, you want to stabilize the dream. So it gives you three three different ways you can stabilize the dream. Number one is once you realize you're dreaming, look at your hands really close in your dream. Look at your hands really close. And it says this is actually the best way to stabilize the dream. The third option is touch anything. So if you're in the dream and you're like, oh, I'm dreaming. And then you can touch a wall and you'd be like, okay, the wall, it still feels real. But I know I'm dreaming. The second one, which I skipped, obviously, you guys know how to count, is one of the most odd things. Like, okay, you're in a dream world. First one is to look at your hands. The second one, or the third one, is to touch something. The second one is to chew anything. Chew literally anything. And he means literally anything. Chew anything. Basically, you you if you think you're dreaming, if you think you're dreaming, but you're not sure, you can pick something up and eat it. Now it says chew anything, right? So you're thinking, oh, I'll just have gum in my pocket, or I'll have like a Twinkie. You're constantly just constantly eating Twinkies. You're like, I don't know what's real anymore. They say uh, chew something. Absolutely anything will do. So that's pretty open ended, right? And I would have thought, oh, I just pull a Snickers out of my pocket or watch him a college or something like that. But he adds, he adds, why would you add this? I don't get this at all. Choose something, absolutely anything will do, even dead leaves. Why? Why would you add that? Why would you? I think, I think it would have been fine if you just said anything, and people would have assumed edible things. But this lunatic, this lunatic is like, I don't know what's real. And then he sees some guy raking. He sees some guys raking. He's like, oh, Elysium. And he jumps into the pile of leaves. He's eating them. Nom, nom, nom. It's like Scrooge McDuck swimming around the money bank. He's all spitting up the slugs. He's all, Bleh. get off of my yummy leaf. Why would you add that? Why would you say even dead leaves? It doesn't make any sense at all. And we're, I mean, we're talking about a guy who's saying you can travel out of your body, which, again, I believe that's possible. I don't think I would ever... Because, again, you don't know what you're dreaming, right? So in the real world, you would be like, oh, look at these delicious leaves. Then you know that you're actually trapped in the dream. I do want to say this, though, that if you don't know of the movie Dead Leaves, I don't think I've ever talked about it on this show. I don't think I've ever Dead Rabbit recommended it, and I can't figure out why. When I saw this, it was almost like a trigger... It's like a hypnotic trigger. Dead Leaves is one of my favorite movies ever made. Dead Leaves is absolutely phenomenal. And if you've never seen it, I'll try to find a high-res version in the show notes, like to put a link in. That's not that's not an illegal bootleg, but man, dude, Dead Leaves is an amazing movie. But anyways, and I'm not a big fan of cartoons, so I... But anyways, let's get back on topic. So... 
Let's leave behind your spooky bedroom, live nihilism. I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. We are headed all the way out to Sochi in Russia. We're in Sochi. That's in the Caucasus region of Russia. It's mid-July 1989. It's 11.30 p.m. And we're staring in through the window of this young woman. She's sleeping in a bed. Actually, we have, we have her address if we want to dox this lady. I don't think she lives here anymore, so I think I'm okay in saying she lives in an apartment on Vorvaskoga Street. I don't think it's considered doxing someone if you can't pronounce their address. I think I'm totally fine. She's sleeping there, and she... Well, she's trying to sleep there. She can't fall asleep because her back pain is keeping her up. And it's July, so I guess even in Russia, that's hot. So it's like a hot night, and she's like, Oh, this totally sucks. My back hurts. And finally, though, finally she starts to fall asleep. So she's finally ready to fall asleep. She shuts her light off. That, now that I think about it, that's probably why she was awake, rolling around so much. She had her light on, right? Shut the light off, lady. That's the first thing you do. She shuts her light off, and the first thing she realizes that the room is pitch black. You're like, Jason, please, quit trying to make this a phenomenon. It's not a phenomenon. It's what happens when lights get shut off. But it's unusually black. And you're like, oh, you didn't you didn't say that? It's too dark. It's just too dark for normally the light just being shut off. So this woman, she gets out of bed. She's kind of standing there in the void. And she goes, what is going on? I don't understand this. And she starts to walk around her room. And what's described is she walks for a while. Now, I don't think she... <laughs> she lives in an apartment. I don't think she has this big room. But she seems to be walking for longer than it would take for her to get from one end of her room to the other. And then she sees her bedroom window. She's like, oh, I totally forgot I had one of those. She's walking around her room for a while. She remembers she has a bedroom window. So she walks over there and she looks out the bedroom window. Now, this is important because in all of our other black bedroom stories, they are trapped in a black void. The last one we covered last week, there seemed to be some sort of, if I remember correctly, alien entities in some sort of portal, some sort of mechanical portal. And in the first one, it was just an endless black void. I think we even covered another one where someone got off their bed and they looked down and the universe was underneath them. But it's always been fairly contained. And this one, she looks out the window and the world is black. Now, not an unending black void where she can't see anything, but all the street lights are off, all the house lights are off, no moonlight, just a black, like a silhouette of houses, a silhouette of trees in the distance, a silhouette of power lines against a black background. The world still existed, but it was devoid of light. She goes back to lay back down. She lays down in her bed and she's laying there on her side and she looks and standing on the side of her bed. Well, I don't even know if I should say standing. Floating on the side of her bed were two large yellow-green eyeballs staring at her. And she said I, I, she couldn't believe what she was seeing. She's like, the impossible black void that stretches on till the end of time. Boring, but eyeballs. I can't believe this. So she shut her eyes. She's like, I, I must be dreaming, right? She reopens them. And now there's two sets of eyeballs staring at her from the darkness. 
And she still can't believe what she's seen. And what she does is she kind of waves her hands in front of the eyeballs. And they both disappear. Both sets of eyeballs disappear. So that story came from a apparently a newspaper in Sochi called Cherno Muscarvie Dravitsdia. And um, I don't know. I don't know what type of newspaper that is. Um, it is interesting that apparently that appeared in newspaper. I got it from thinkaboutadocs.com. A lot of these stories we see appear in UFO journals and things like this. But this one says it was a newspaper in Sochi. So it could have been a UFO newspaper. Uh, you know, I don't know. But <laughs> I guess that's my job. This story was in the maybe folder, okay? I'm sorry. Usually I can track it down a little bit more. But um, yeah, it, it is my job to vet my sources. But it is an interesting story. And I've gotten a lot of feedback from you guys about... The Dark Bed story, Nick on YouTube, well, again, was like, hey, you you did cover this another time. You covered it on episode 398 about a Puerto Rican dude who got abducted by aliens. And I remember this episode. This was a really cool one. And he's in a room. It's not a black void, but it's a gray void. It was just, there was no light. I don't remember if it was gray. It was just one color, singular light source going on forever. So even though it's not as sinister as the black room, the black void, these things do pop up in the lore and we're seeing a pattern here it's i think when i first covered the black box story the black bedroom story i was thinking it was demonic i think we talked about that i thought that it was hell dimension or something like that but we're seeing this mostly appear like this story the sochi story with the eyes appearing to the ending it definitely lends it towards an alien interaction because they're three feet tall did i say that part did i say that the eyes are only I don't know if I said that part. I, I'm, I'm sick. I've been trying to hold it in. The people listening to the Patreon, the live episode on Patreon, they've been hearing me say, complain about how sick I am this whole recording. I can't hide it from you guys. If you're not listening to it live, I'm not. I'm just, I, my tummy's doing backflips and stuff. But anyways, so I'm a little off my game, but I got to get my episodes out, right? And I enjoy doing this. I do enjoy doing this. But again, you're like, Jason, go, go to sleep, man. Make the episode a little bit late. Okay, so. We got that story. We got that story of the Black Bedrooms, and we may end up covering more of them. I don't want to just keep doing them over and over again if they're kind of the same. But this one, I thought we had some really good information from other sources, and I want I wanted to talk about that stuff as well. I don't think we're going to have time for the famous science fiction author story, but it is a good one. I don't want to give it away. It is so gross. <laughs> it's so gross. Um, and it, I think it will shock you. It shocked me, but... With that teaser, we'll save that one for tomorrow because I don't have a lot of time to do it and it takes a little more dig into because it's a true crime story. And you can't gloss over a lot of elements on that one. So, live nihilism. Take this carpenter copter up, up and away. We are headed all the way out to Chile. <laughs> You're like, Jason, if you edited out all that stupid Spider-Man stuff, you'd probably have enough time for three stories. Maybe I would, but... I do think it's a good lesson. Do your work. Do your creative work, even if um, there's more comfortable stuff to do. The reason why we're headed to Chile, this is an interesting story because I kind of explained it in the intro. It's fairly short, but there's just a lot of ways to dig into this. We're flying around this battlefield. It's the year 1540 in Chile. I'm fascinated by the... Uh, conquistadors there i've been wanting to do an episode on that event for really since the beginning of the show that's one of the stories i've never covered 
Maybe I thought, started thinking about it like third season. I really wanted to do a story about it now. But I, I just, it's too complicated. It's too complicated. <laughs> so I talk about people walking around in black bedrooms, which I find fascinating. Don't get me wrong. Everything I cover, I don't cover stuff on the show I don't find fascinating. But I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by that idea because what we see in the conquistadors coming to the new world is... An alien invader attacking Earth. It is one... And I think that is why we have these stories about alien invaders talking, coming to Earth. But I think the idea of the conquistadors coming to the New World... We're the New World. The, the Aztecs and the Mayans and the natives of the Northern America, the Blackfoot and the Apache and all that stuff. They were, they're the human race. Just chilling on planet Earth. In the middle of nowhere, they are like, they may be thinking there's probably something out there. There's probably something across the waters, but we don't know what it is. And then one day, this technologically advanced foe had things like horses and wheels. We didn't, we didn't know what those were. The Aztecs, they thought the only time they saw the horses, they were walking very gently. They were walking very gently along paths. And the Aztec soldiers were like, those things are weird. But what use are they? they? They walk very gingerly. So the very first time there, I was reading the story, the very first cavalry charge in the New World, where you had a hundred horses galloping across the battlefield, that was when the Aztec warriors go, uh-oh. They had no idea that was possible. They had never seen a cavalry charge before. They had never seen mounted troops collide into... It was... that's how, And that's what it would be like with an alien invasion. Stuff we can't even imagine. We can imagine laser guns and... Spaceships. All that stuff. Because that's earthly concepts. But the Aztecs could imagine... Oh, they'll probably have these guns of thunder. They're shooting out these metal things and da-da-da-da-da. It's just a spear. It's just a spear without the stick. All a bullet is is a a flying knife. It's a little piece of metal. A little piece of metal that puts a hole in you. I could do it with a sword, about a foot away, or I could do it with a bullet from about you know five hundred feet away. It's the same thing. But the horse was a complete game changer, and I find that story so fascinating. So that whole and i that that may play into why we have these alien invasion movies because a good chunk of the i think every culture in the world has been invaded at one point or another invaded by a technologically superior foe and i think that's part of our cultural memory but there's no better view of that than the europeans coming to the new world because it was that's what it'll be like when aliens come here and it, it was, I mean, check your history books. It did not work out well for the natives. And a lot of people have said that before. So when we look at this story here in 1540 Chile, I know that was a long rant. I probably again could have done the sci-fi author story. But I find this whole period of human history fascinating. I find all of it fascinating. But 1540 Chile. It's a Saturday afternoon, according to this report. And there's the local tribe of the Mapuche is ready to lay siege. They're going to take out this Spanish outpost that's been built on their territory. So the troops have assembled, and they're overlooking this outpost, and the Spaniards are like, oh, this is going to suck. Because we are an outpost. We're out of the normal range of all of our supply troops. We're here to, like, wave to ships and, like, send out scouts and deliver messages. We're not here... I mean, we are kind of built to be able to fight off a enemy force, but we don't want to do that, right? You don't want to do that. 
So when the soldiers appeared, when the Mapuche tribesmen appeared to lay siege to this outpost, everyone is... Their tensions run high, obviously. Tensions run high. And then all of a sudden, from the blue sky, a comet comes hurtling towards Earth. And it lands right by the Mapuche troops. Oh, step back, step back. Dirt's getting in everyone's eye. They're like, oh, why did I volunteer to stand in front? Ah, I got dirt in my eye. And the Spanish troops are actually watching this as well. They see this comet come down and hit in front of the tribesmen, and they're like, what? Now, a comet crashing into Earth or a meteorite crashing into Earth, fairly common, right? It landing in front of when someone's watching it, very, very uncommon, extremely rare. Most of the meteorites that fall just either burn up or they land on the ocean. So the fact that you have people watching this that in and of itself is a bizarre event, but it's it's a mathematical it's a mathematical event. It's probable but not likely. It's possible but not probable is what I meant to say. But now this now this isn't probable at all. This just becomes completely weird. Out of the wreckage of the comet appears a beautiful woman dressed in all white. Now, in the intro, I described her as the Virgin Mary. They don't specify that that's who this is. It could just be a random woman dressed in all white. But from her next statement, I'm thinking Mother Mary. Mother Mary, maybe, or maybe an an emissary. Because what this feminine figure says, quote, I serve the Christians. Don't go against them because they are very brave. And will kill you all. And according to this story, the tribe, the tribesmen didn't believe that. They didn't believe that story. They're like, what? I remember the last time someone came down on a comment and warned me and it turned out not to be true. They told me not to buy Bitcoin and I lost tons of money. So move out of the way, lady. And they laid siege to the outpost and they were defeated. I got this story from ThinkAboutItDocs.com. They got it from a book called Return to Magonia by Chris Aubeck. Chris Aubeck uh, apparently is an up-and-coming... I've been seeing him pop up a lot recently. He's an up-and-coming... I mean, he's been around for a while, but Return to Magonia is kind of a play on uh, Jacques Vallée's book, Journey to Magonia, I think it is. And so it's just kind of an exploration of the world of the weird. I've been seeing Chris Aubeck's name pop up a lot more recently, so that's interesting. It's always cool when we have... New people exploring this stuff, especially when they're exploring stuff we haven't heard before. Now, I have never heard this story before. I like this story because it talks to us about omens. It talks to us about warnings. Now, get your seatbelts on because we're about to do a 180-degree turn from where we're at to finish this episode up. I saw a warning the other day. It's not. It wasn't magical. It wasn't paranormal. But I was reading a news article the other day, and I felt like I was i was one of the last people in Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I honestly couldn't believe I was reading this article. And it gave me a vision of the future of America that is... Sh- I, 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 okay, so let me tell you about this. I, long-time listeners of the show know I have this weird habit of 
reading people's misery online. That's, that's how I go to sleep. I, I read stuff online of people going through really bad events. Now, nothing like too horrible, right? I don't read about like people who've lost loved ones in car accidents, stuff like that, nothing like that. I read about like drug addicts, people being like, why can't I stop doing this drug? Like if I'm scrolling through Reddit and people are like, oh man, heroin's so cheap in my city. I'm like, ah, oh, pass. And then I get to one, it's like lowest point in my life last night. And I'm all, I'm going to read this one. I'm going to read this one before I go to bed. So I read that. I found the new subreddit the other day called Friend Zone. And that's brutal. It's just people going, I'm in love with my best friend. And (laughs) there was one. There was one I read. And this guy was like, I'm in love with my coworker, but she doesn't know I'm in love with her. I'm in the friend zone. And but we live near each other. So I started picking her up. She doesn't have a car. And I was taking her to work. I was taking her to work every day because I'm a friend and that's what friends do. And then she started. (laughs) She started dating someone who also lived near them and worked at the same building. And he didn't have a car either. So this dude is picking up his crush. He's lost. He has to drive his crush and her boyfriend to work. And she's sitting in the back seat with her boyfriend and he's watching them in the rearview mirror. It sounds, it sounds like cuck porn, but it's not apparently. And oh man, it's just soul crushing. I, I Everyone's been in the friend zone. I've been in the friend zone. It does suck. It totally does suck, but you just got to move on. But yeah. Oh, that's that's brutal to read. But one of the things I've actually start, thought about doing it on episodes before. I've never t- really talked about it before. One of the subreddits that I go to is gambling anonymous subreddits. And the people who suffer from gambling addiction, I would rather be addicted. I 100% would rather be addicted to a drug than gambling. 100%. I'd rather be addicted to cocaine or meth or fentanyl or something like that than gambling. Because at least if I'm addicted to a drug, I'm going to start having drug addicted behavior. People are going to see, let's take meth, for example. People are going to see rapid weight loss. People are going to see me be able to fight 10 cops at the same time. using so much energy. People are going to see me start to pick up my face and my dental and all this. I mean, it doesn't happen immediately, but it happens. And people will start to intervene. First, people will ignore it, but eventually they're intervening. And hopefully before it gets too late, right? But then I start stealing from people and law enforcement gets involved and there's this slide. And we know it's a slide. We've seen it enacted over and over and over again. Through the course of, like, I'd say, I think we're all aware of it. Gambling addiction's not like that. What happens is you have a gambling addiction and nobody will be aware of it until you lose your house. Like, you will be the exact same. You will look the same. You'll go to work. You'll go home to your family. But you will lose $10,000 a day. People lose more money on that subreddit than I've ever had in my life. And these are people who are really struggling with gambling addiction. I I never really... It's so weird because I've gambled before. But I've never thought of like being addicted to it. But these people go... The the way like you'll see people on a drug subreddit say... I wish I had never ever gotten that first prescription of Oxycontin when I had the knee surgery. Because now I'm addicted to heroin. Now I'm addicted to heroin and I'm afraid of having an overdose. But I can't give it... You'll see people talk about that. I This one guy goes, my mom took me on my 18th birthday to a casino, and I wish that she had never done that. I've been addicted to gambling since. And I'm like, that's interesting. I mean, I understand why it would be addictive, the highs and the lows and the flashing lights and all those things. It's fascinating stuff. But I'm pretty, I've been looking into the world of gambling addiction for quite a while now. I've been thinking about doing a segment on it and 
just never worked out. But it's something that I've been keenly aware of and how it's such a hidden epidemic and how it destroys families and people. And there are things online like casino workers. What's the worst story you can tell about working in a casino? And I've never been able to even read them all. Because there's so many, and there's so many suicides, so many suicides at the casinos. Because these people have gambled away all of their money. They've gambled away their house, they've gambled away their cars. Kids showing up at the casino, crying, trying to get their mom away from the machine. It's fascinating, tragic stuff. But, yesterday a comet came from the sky and showed me the end of America. I really believe that gambling is a huge, hidden problem. But it's always been regulated to Nevada, Atlantic City, and then illegal sports betting here and there. But back in 2018, this totally flew under the radar. I didn't find out about this the other day. I had to keep checking the headlines of these articles. I go, this can't be recent. Back in 2018, the Supreme Court ruled that sports gambling would be okay. It could be okay across the United States. It's up to the states to legalize it. And since then, the sports gambling industry has boomed. In June 2018, before sports gambling was legalized, June 2018, sports gamblers wagered $310 million for the month of June 2018. By October 2021, in one month, they wagered $7 billion. And what's making this worse is that you can do it on your mobile phone. The laws are now, and every day more states are trying to legalize this, you can now sit on your phone and place wagers all day long. Bet $100 here on the Lakers, bet $100 here on the Buckeyes. Is, is that a team? Bet $100 here, da 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 da, da. This is... The, this is... I don't want to sound like an alarmist, but this is the beginning of the end of the social structure of America. You are going, you're like, Jason, it's not a big deal. You're being, you're being a conspiracy theorist. You are going to have landlords lose their houses to gambling. You are going to have businesses go under because some dude who never, ever thought about stepping into a casino is seeing these mobile ads where he can real, earn real cash, win real cash. Can you think about how much money people spend on Clash of Clans? And Farmville and all these mobile games, these three match games, they're already spending money. Now they can win money. They can win real money, sports gambling on their phone. People are going to go bankrupt within a year. This will be an equivalent of us going into prohibition. We will look back on this time period the same way we looked back on when Vicodin and Oxycontin was able to be prescribed by doctors for the first time. This is going to be a moment. This year is going to be a moment where 20 years people look back and go, this is when things changed. This is when the economy really fell apart. Not because of inflation, not because of supply chains, but because you had people spending their time at work, gambling away their paychecks, while the business owners are gambling away the business. Mobile gambling? Are you kidding me? Are you absolutely kidding me? I was shocked. I felt like I was in a sci-fi movie as I was reading those articles. This is the beginning of the end. This is the comet. This is something that people, rational thinking people should look at and go, that's not right. But I think most people don't know about gambling addiction. I think most people go, ah, I lost $500, so I'm not going to do that again. That's what a rational person does. That's what a non-addicted person does. 
But we're going to expose these people who say, I wish I had never gone into a casino. We're going to expose millions of people to the power, the magic of gambling. Tied in with the addictive nature of mobile games? And tied in with the ego that I can figure out the sports scores. Sports are rigged for the most part. I, 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 I don't even, even want to get into that. But if sports gambling is a billion dollar business, there are referees paid off. I don't think the whole game is predetermined. But there are people paid off. There is no one worth their salt who's going to take a bet. No casino is going to take a bet that they don't think they have a high chance of winning. This is the Comet. This is the moment where something comes down and it says, don't do this because you're all going to be killed. But we ignored the comet. All these states, every there's like 25 states now where this is legal and more states are looking to make it legal to gamble real money on your phone. It is absolutely insane. So maybe we don't need an alien invasion to come down and wipe out the world. We might just end up doing it ourselves. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.